0: Traveling to places near and far, been on the road so long, chasing my star. I love this rambling, even though it's sometimes hard. But I Come back because home is where you are.
1: And today I'm so excited to welcome Summer Lopez to the podcast. Summer is a transportation planner that has been focused on active transportation, bicycling, walking, and non motorized mobility and community engagement for her entire career. She has experience working in both the private and public sectors and has worked in local, regional, and state transportation planning. Summer's work in active transportation has varied over the years. Most recently, she has been working on plans for a few cities in California that enhance safety and connectivity for people of all ages and abilities. These plans encourage more bicycling, walking, and the opportunity for taking alternative modes of transportation for both recreation and daily trips. Summer is very passionate about helping to provide local agencies, particularly disadvantaged communities, resources, guidance, and training to apply for and receive funding for infrastructure projects. She is an advocate for pedestrians and bicyclists, both professionally and personally. Earlier this year, Summer was a recipient of the Emerging Planner Award by the American Planning Association, Sacramento Valley section. In her free time, Summer loves to mentor and facilitate mentorship to youth and young professionals and does so through her local church and professional associations. She also does competitive Irish dance, plays music, paints, and spends time with her husband and two dogs, riding bikes with the dog, walking, camping, and spending time in nature. Summer also knows American Sign Language and at one time had her very own bakery where she made succulent cupcakes and a mermaid cake that looked very cool. Um, a quote I found on her LinkedIn page is bloom where you are planted and it seems summer is doing just that welcome to home is where
0: summer thank you rose thank you for the introduction
1: <laughs> I know I love it. I love having people send these to me because I just learned so much more about you and your LinkedIn page is amazing I love all thank of the you. articles you share about like There was an article on there and you're like, hey, let's think about Halloween and like how people are no longer going door to door to houses. They're just like going to parking lots and doing the trunk or tree thing. And like that's such an interesting thing to think about uh, how we've shifted um, our lives. Basically, like to revolve around cars. Um, Yeah, I love it. So,
0: yeah thank you i it's kind of funny i actually got a book on the history of curtis park and was looking at some of the old designs and some of the sidewalks in the original plans were like 12 feet and the roads were really small and back then you know there were no cars (laughs) it was just people walking and bicycling so the original plan sidewalks were much larger than they are now Um, they're still you know quite large and sufficient i think but um yeah, they were they were much bigger in the past, and I think that's kind of also in a lot of other communities, a lot of neighborhoods, and then of course new suburban neighborhoods don't really have that. So Halloween is kind of a particularly interesting study when looking at pedestrians.
1: Yeah, twelve foot <laughs> sidewalk. That's like that's like the size of a road, or I don't know, but it feels like that's giant. That's <laughs> yeah, the
0: <best> size <laughs> of like an average like large lane that you would drive in. Yeah, it's twelve feet.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Let's go back to that. All right, so let's dive in to our question. The question I have for you is, what does home mean to you?
0: It's a great question, and I've molded over since you (laughs) sent it to me. And I I don't really know. I still don't really know, but I think what I came down to is that it, for me, has shifted. Sometimes it's in people. Sometimes it's a location. And I think that it's a place or or a person where I feel safe, where I feel connected, where I feel uh, brave, and where I have uh, kind of the opportunity to shine or feel courageous. I think it also is a place or a person where I feel like I can just really be myself. And that is not something that I've always felt. I think it's very kind of a a recent discovery and something that I'm kind of on a journey towards, uh, which is why I'm so excited to be on this podcast, because it gives me the opportunity to talk about something other than, you know, my professional work and something that uh, reflects me more as a person. And um, yeah, it gives me that opportunity. So that's not something I'm used to doing, and I'm excited to do it here.
1: Yeah, I love the words you used, brave and courageous. And I also love how you said it Change. it kind of has changed for you over time on what it means. So you said, let's see, where do we want to start? Because you said it could be a physical space, it can be like a feeling. Where do you want where do you want to go?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> I can kind of maybe talk about the arc that I've figured out and how it's changed, maybe. Yeah. So I think uh, you know, growing up in our house, the, the house was the place that obviously felt most like home. I was listening to one of your other podcasts, and somebody was talking about the, the beautiful and palpable feeling of hearing footsteps in their hallway, and like hearing the door close, or you know, other things like the kitchen cabinets. Like I and. Hearing her say that, I could hear all of those things in my own home. Yeah. And so, you know, that was the first place I think that I felt safe. It is also the first place that I felt unsafe because it was kind of a tumultuous environment. Um, there was some substance abuse and other things, but aside from that, there was also a lot of love. And, mm. you know, home is a very complex uh, term, I think, and it's also a very complicated feeling. And so, just understanding that you know that there was both existing at the same time a feeling of safety and then times there I felt unsafe or times of feeling connected and times where I felt you know disconnected and how that kind of carried into my adult life um, changed and so it would jump around from maybe feeling like when I met my husband in in high school I felt super connected to him I felt a lot of love and support and I felt uh, like I could very much be myself, that felt like home. And as I got older, you know, I was reflecting on going to college and how I came back for the first time and how like the, I grew up in Stockton. So I come home, I flew, I flew into Sacramento and then everything just felt very alien to me the first time coming back. It was like, mm-hmm. this is home, but I'd also kind of established a home for myself at school uh, where I felt safe and I had friends and all these other things. Um, so it was just like a, such a weird, but also very nostalgic feeling of this is—is is this where I belong? It's like I was questioning: Is this where I still belong? Is this my home? What am I feeling? It was very like all over the place. Um, and then I went back to school, and I remember getting in my bed and also feeling like that was home—that that I felt safe and that I felt like you know I, I could. Be myself, and I got a little bit older, I think um, I really thrust myself into my career. And I tried to find a lot of purpose in my career. And I, although I have, and I, I'm very passionate about the work, I'm one of those people that can't just work a job, I really need to feel the passion and purpose behind the work. I feel like I really lost my sense of self. And so it really didn't matter where I lived because my husband and I have moved several times since we've been married. And I couldn't, I I couldn't feel that sense of home. I couldn't feel that sense of connection. I felt it with him, but when he was gone, the feeling would go away as well. Mm. And so I think like, as I've gotten older, literally I'm saying like maybe in the last two years, uh, I started to. Understand that I lost a lot of the things that made me feel like myself, and that's why I didn't feel safe with myself. That's why I didn't feel safe in my houses. It's why I never felt like I was actually home. And so now, um, which I'm sure we'll get into, we just recently moved in this beautiful house, and every day I wake up and I feel this immense sense of gratitude. I feel this immense uh, feeling of compassion for myself and for other people. And for the first time, I think I finally feel settled. I feel well, I feel healthy. And I feel this immense sense of being home. Like I've finally found this place that uh, feels like me, that feels like I can be me, that I'm uh, connected and even have more opportunity to step out in more bravery, not be so scared of everything. And have more courage, but I I very much think that it's this sense of like psychological safety and uh, warmth and comfort and all these other things. So yeah, it's kind of how it's jumped around I think over time. Yeah. And just the alignment, right?
1: Like you said, you felt at home with your husband, but when he was gone, where did you're like, where did that go? Where did the home go? Like he's gone for now. And so like aligning, being able to realign that with a, place and with yourself like um sounds beautiful sounds like a really great place to be yeah
0: it it is it's and it's been a really hard it's been a lot of hard work to get to this place to understand what was even wrong I mean I remember even just a year ago two years ago feeling like I didn't know what was wrong, but I felt so very wrong. And I felt like I was so anxious and, you know, panicking and worrying about everything. And, and when my sense of home would leave, when my husband would go, he was a beekeeper. So he'd have to go on these long trips and he would be gone. And I would be home by myself. And uh, there's a lot of reflection. It was during the pandemic, a lot of that, that time where I had so much time to think <laughs> and dwell on things and be by myself. that. <laughs> um, you know I think my fears started coming out a lot more and things that made me feel extremely unsafe in in that realm uh just started pouring out and I I, when the pandemic kind of came to an end I knew that I had to do something because I just felt so unwell and I felt so unsettled and uh yeah just this journey has been a lot of hard work um but I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy to Kind of open up my own personal horizon for compassion for myself and feeling more connected to other people and also extending that kindness and compassion to other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, not just not to like diminish your experience, but during the pandemic, I think a lot of people were feeling that like, where am I? What is happening? I'm by myself, like lots of time to maybe scroll on your phone or something (laughs) like um do scroll um and so yeah I think I think people who are listening may share that um that feeling and may still be trying to do what you have been doing and like finding your place where you feel safe and where you can be brave again and um So how, so do you want to share a little bit about more about that journey of like, or was there a moment or like what, what happened that you were like, okay, this is not great. I don't like this spot where, like, how do I go from, this is not working. I don't feel safe. I don't feel brave to like shifting because that might help other people who might be experiencing something similar
0: yeah i so i've been in therapy off and on for the last 10 years and i'm in a place where i feel so privileged and blessed that i have the financial means and things to do that because that has not always been the case for me or my family and so i feel really blessed that i have that opportunity so that's where i started um and finding the right one was really hard work, um, mm-hmm. but something that I was dedicated to, especially after the pandemic and just finding someone that I could meet with in person regularly. But I think what what really kind of came to this, put me in this space of just like, oh my God, I am so not okay. There's seriously something wrong with me. I knew that I had all this anxiety. I've always had all this panic and anxiety and worry, like my whole life, but it it's almost like the fear that I was experiencing could push me to to the next thing in life. It was like, it could push me to the next goal. So I was the first person in my family to go to college. So I got that check done. And then I was the the first person to have this incredibly rewarding and successful career. And it's like, check, all right, got that box checked. And then I was the first person in my family, uh, in my, amongst my parents and, you know, some of my other family, uh, to actually purchase a home, my husband and I were were one of the first people in our in our families to be able to do that, and so um, you know we were afforded that opportunity because he was in the military and we were able to use the VA loan and put zero down on our first house. So that was like another checkbox, okay. So I'm like going through life, doing all these things, and it was the thrill and excitement of the next best thing that kept me feeling, I guess, alive. Like. Um, very much stuck in survival mode, but looking for the things that was going to make me spike and feel excited about life. And when the pandemic hit, it was like, um, now what? What's next? What What is my next step in my career? What is my goal? Do I have a goal? Like, It was like everything just kind of came crashing down. I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know how to set a goal. And, and everybody at first was like, this is only going to be two or three weeks. And I'm like, okay, I can chill. I'll be fine at home. I'll be all right. But then that turned into like three months of me literally just being on the couch because I didn't know what else to do. And I felt so stuck and scared. And I think um, just kind of patching that that fear, um, kind of pushing it down and numbing it by being on social media or watching a lot of TV. Before that, I didn't even have a TV. So we went to Walmart and got a TV um, so we could watch something and and (laughs) not be so bored. And, you know, I was reading a lot of books and I was like doing all this stuff. And I just felt so chaotic. I felt so not centered, but that was just the start. Um, And then, you know, there was like this I don't know. How long was it? Two years? Three years? I don't even know. Two mm-hmm. years. One <laughs> yeah. is a blur. <laughs> I think it was like, you know, two solid years of feeling terrible about everything that was going on and terrible about myself. And finally kind of re-emerging into the world post pandemic and trying to act like everything was normal. And I felt like I was so not normal. I was like, I, I am messed up. I couldn't really be around people. I was having a lot of social anxiety. I was feeling like I can't connect to people anymore. I don't even know myself. I don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> um, I just yeah. felt like such a mess. And 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 then in my career, lots of great things were happening. I was transitioning in jobs. I was promoting. Like, all this stuff was happening. And it was fast. And I was scared. And I thought, okay, there's no way that I can continue this. It's not sustainable. And then kind of eventually finding that right therapist, I think she helped me discover that it was very much just this, I mean, just scratching the surface I was always looking for the next best thing to make somebody else happy I was looking for how can I please people at work how can I please people in my home how can I please my family how can I make everyone else happy and think that I'm successful and happy and that I've really made it because I've put in all this work to get to this point in my life so how do I show people that I'm good that I'm safe that I feel good and that's not a That's not a way for anyone to live. Nobody can sustain that level of um, perfection. I mean, that's, I I was trying to show people that I was okay when I was very much not okay. And by getting to a point of, um, I think it was, you know, really, to be honest with you, selling our house, our last house was really like that tipping point of like, my brain was like going to explode. Like I was on overload. Like there's so much stuff happening. We very much knew that we weren't going to, we didn't feel good in that house. We wanted to get out of the house. It didn't ever feel like home to us. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then, you know, at the beginning of this year, there was also that really big storm that destroyed a lot of our house. It ripped off the roof. It made trees fall. It, you know, made all these fences. It was, our house was such a disaster. Um which is very much how I felt about myself. Yeah. <laughs> and So I think like this year, it was just like kind of discovering how, what do I have to do to make these bad feelings stop? And then it was like, oh, I need to start opening up to people. I need to start being more connected with people and sharing what I'm going through. And um, maybe people will align with that. And I was shocked. How many people are so scared every single day of their lives of everything, just like me, but nobody talks about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody wants to say, I'm so scared of this thing, this next big thing that I have to do. I'm just going to worry myself into a hole and cry and then do the thing and then feel terrible about it. And so like, I realized there's this thing of wanting to. To do big scary things because you want to prove to other people that you can, which is not self-sustaining. You you cannot live off of that um, because you're always looking for best like ways to please somebody else versus turning it into yourself and being like, "All right, I'm really scared. It's okay to be this scared. Everybody's scared, and I'm gonna try and do it anyways. And if I fail, I fail. If I succeed, that's great." Uh, but, you know, the, the, that quote of like success is not linear never made sense to me until this year where it's like, oh, you really have to hit those deep valleys in order to experience those, uh, you know, successes and highs. And it's actually all just part of a process. There really is no failure. It, it's just part of life. And I wish somebody had told me that.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> it's point, all kind of like an experiment. On, Right? But We're all like, life is
0: peaks and valleys. That's normal. It's totally normal. And so, like, you are in that space. Like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to open up. There are always going to be people somewhere that want to love you, that want to connect with you, that want to hear your story. And if they aren't, if you're not finding those people, then those aren't the right people. Those aren't the right people to be around. And sometimes you have to create those boundaries and step into. The next phase to find those people and and you will find them once you start kind of opening up and sharing um and it's scary but that's okay because we're all scared <laughs> we're all scared to open up and do that and be vulnerable with people wow that's the deep we're going deep
1: <laughs> i love how <laughs> i love how the universe too was like listen this is not the home for you I'm gonna show you how chaotic, like I don't know. This is what I believe in, but the universe was like, I'm gonna make the trees fall and the vents fall, so that you are gonna be like, is this really where I want to be, or do I need to go somewhere else? And and I mean, let's granted, you put a new roof on, you fake like <laughs> you made it look nice before you sold it. Um, but it is just funny how the universe was like, hey, do you? really want to be here or like you need to find some other alignment
0: it's true it's so true I I believe the complete same thing I mean like we spent years begging God to figure out what is the next step what am I supposed to do like where is our home where are we supposed to be and my husband and I were looking everywhere he was looking for jobs in different states and was looking all over California and and nothing was working out nothing was making making sense. And we always knew that it would come at some point that we would get to that point where we like would figure out what our next step was or where we were supposed to end up. And uh, I really think it took, I mean, it really did take this huge mess to propel us into the next phase of life because without it, we wouldn't have been able to pay for a roof on our own. We knew that we needed a new roof. <laughs> we knew that we needed to fix up the yard and make things clean. And we didn't have the money to do that. And this storm was like a huge blessing because we ended up getting insurance money and were able to fix these things that were mostly cosmetic, but really needed the work and needed the help. And um it was a lot of labor. <laughs> but uh it helped us it helped propel us into Making that decision to just sell. I mean, we were like, okay, I guess we're ready. Let's just finish this and, and get on to the next phase in life. And we didn't know that we were that we were going to be able to do it so fast, or that it would happen um, in such a a quick and a, and aligned <laughs> way. But it all did, and it all happened in like a matter of two months. You know this because you are our realtor, and you're amazing. <laughs> by the way, if anyone's looking to work with anybody, uh, Rose is amazing. And, yeah, I think our whole process from, like, choosing to sell to having our conversation with you to, like, actually getting out of that house was, like, what? Like, less than two months? It was, like, a month and a half. I mean, it mm-hmm. was fast.
1: Fast. Because
0: the, I remember the closing itself was, like, 17 days, <laughs> which is fast, yeah. fast.
1: Lightning. Lightning speed.
0: <laughs> yeah. But so I love,
1: how like, how you said, right? it was you were aligned it was aligned everything was working out the way that it was supposed to like it was no lo- you were no longer like banging your head against the wall you were like oh the doors are opening this is the way we go and i saw that from my perspective also i want to say though your house was amazing like you had a bunch of plants that you took care of at your house And they were like your your home, your house really did feel like a home to me from the outside. Um. So that's interesting too. Like, like if you, I didn't know any of this was going on. Right. I'm, you know, I'm your agent. We're not like BFFs. Um. And so, like, if you would ask me, I would have been like, yeah, their home is like beautiful, and they have plants and, um. And so it's interesting to hear you talk about that just like we are all scared and we don't want to talk about it. And like we all just have to be like, hey, this is what's going on. And if we do that, imagine what the world would be like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um you know, my my husband and I always had this like idea that we wanted this clean and tidy house because I heard this quote when I was like 21 that said that the um, what your house looks like is a physical manifestation of what the inside of your brain looks like. And so I was always really scared that my house was going to be a mess because I was a mess. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So I would always like, you know, I've always kept like a really clean and tidy house because I thought that's the only way that it's going to feel like home. And, you know, it doesn't i mean newsflash that's not what makes your house feel like home it's you know chronic cleaning is not the way to go it doesn't make things better it doesn't make them safer it's just you kind of being stuck in this thing that you think you have to do to survive and you don't and so like what makes what makes a home is warmth and connection and love and safety and like all these other things that um i mean maslow's hierarchy of needs right <laughs> like like once we get to this all of these points and then you're safe enough that you can actually self actualize um that's that's home i think because that's when you're really able to discover the parts of yourself that are really you and then you're able to kind of move into the space of maybe even discovering a purpose for yourself and what what it is that you're here for which i believe everyone has a purpose i know not everyone feels that way but um like being able to live in a space where you feel like you are purposeful, that you're here for a reason, even if it's just to connect with other people and to love other people, to offer kindness to other people. All of that is reason enough to, to, to be here and to um, live your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was just talking to somebody and they were like, I'm happy if I can make somebody smile in a day. And I'm like, how, like, how simple? it's, we don't have to be too complicated. Just like, can I make someone smile today? Okay. like, <laughs> um, Yeah. And Maslow's hierarchy of needs, definitely. Like once you get to a certain point and then you're like, okay, can we be, can we feel home? But if we don't have those other things, right? If we don't have food, water, like, can we actually feel home? And like you said, find meaning. Yeah. For some people, home can be a physical space. If you are listening to this podcast and dreaming of moving into a new home, but not sure of the first step to take, I created my course, Yes, You Can Become a Homeowner, just for you. Maybe you're sick of the landlord raising your rent again, or you really wanna get a dog and you need more space. The course, Yes, You Can Become a Homeowner, includes short videos and a plan for exactly how to break up with your landlord and find that backyard you've been dreaming of. Binge watch the course in just a few hours. Included with the course is access to my exclusive community, a place where you can ask questions, connect with other women who are on the same journey, and celebrate once you get the keys to your very own home. Start your path to finding home by visiting movewithrose.com backslash keys. That's keys. K-E-Y-S. So, okay. So we talked about where you just moved from. Um, So tell me how you found your new spot and like, how does that feel in terms of home?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll start by saying for those of you that don't know where we lived, we lived in Rio Linda and we lived in a house that had, I think it was a little under half an acre, very close to half an acre of land. And it was this little rural farmhouse that was an absolute mess when we did buy it. We did a lot of work to it over the years when we lived there. Um, But it was not well connected to anything. There was no close food access. So you couldn't like, I mean, it was a food desert. You couldn't, there's no way to walk or bike or take transit to get anywhere, especially grocery stores. Um, There were no close local parks. There was an elementary school down the street and no uh, sidewalks to get there, no ways for kids to ride bikes, plus speeding cars, and just all these other things. And I think in, in the time that my husband and I lived there, there was, um, I, I know for sure, at least two deaths, which were either bicycle or pedestrian. And uh, there were other deaths, which I'm not sure if they were bicycle or pedestrian, but regardless, there's a there's a problem with speed. And that was just heart-wrenching for me. Um mm-hmm knowing that people were just trying to get where they needed to go and they couldn't. And it was scary for me to, to know that that could be me if I tried. So I think, um, you know, it was just a place where, yes, it did get us through the pandemic. It, it gave me a place to walk <laughs> uh, in the backyard during the pandemic when I couldn't go to parks. And it gave me space to grow food. Uh, my husband grew this gorgeous garden. We had some bees back there. I mean, it gave us, it gave us some life for a while but it was not something that was going to last forever. And so when we were looking for a new home, we wanted a place that was walkable. We wanted a place that had close access to transit. We were looking for neighborhoods that we could just hop on our bikes and go bike wherever we wanted to go. Um, For me, I wanted something that was kind of closer to work because I knew I was going to be going back in person a little bit, not being like 100% online. At least I wanted to you know be there more in person to try and connect with people and put myself out there a little more. Um so that was important and you know we do like older homes but we wanted something that wasn't going to be a lot of work because we broke our backs more, my husband much more than me. I just mostly painted <laughs> and planted but um, <laughs> hey,
1: painting is no joke, okay?
0: <laughs> it's rough. Uh yeah, I you know we wanted something that wasn't going to take a lot of work. Um hopefully no work at all and that was that was kind of it. We just wanted somewhere that was gonna feel comfortable and be close to everything that we wanted and so I mean, I've been on Trulia for years. I've looked at Redfin and Trulia and like all these apps they've always been on my phone, and I've always stressed my husband out because I've never stopped looking <laughs> <laughs> like for years you know I was just like it's a it's a hobby, you know um so i I would find these houses and I would save them and i'd Sometimes go look at them if they were having an open house. And at the same time, somebody uh, my old colleague recommended, rose to me and said, "You know you're looking for somebody because I, I i being a planner, I really struggle with real estate. I really, really struggle with um the concept of owning land and like all these other things that just feel really unfair and et cetera, et cetera." And so I didn't know who I was gonna work with. I was kind of like, okay, we just gotta get it done. It just needs to be something that just needs to happen and move on. <laughs> uh and so when I met Rose and looked at her website, I was like, oh, not all people are like the business. Not all people are just out here looking for a way. I mean, I could be totally misinterpreting real estate. So I apologize if it's a No, I think you're
1: totally like, right. Not
0: everybody's out there just like <laughs> Yeah. But so it's like it's looking for somebody that aligned in in those like beliefs and ethos and like all this other stuff i thought was going to be impossible but then there you were <laughs> and so um you know I, I think i asked you to bring daniel back my husband to look at this house that i'd found in curtis park and it was priced low so i was like there's got to be something wrong with it like it, there's and the price is going to drive up like there's no way we're going to get this house uh, I loved it when I came and looked at it on an open house and then Daniel came and looked at it and I was shit, same house. <laughs> like that has been a struggle of actually finding something that we both liked. Um, so that was amazing. And we did go look at some other, we looked at, I think only one other house, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And that one didn't feel right. And then it like, it like, The price went up, like all this stuff happened. It was like, okay, that one's not the right one for us. And strangely enough, we were able to put in an offer on this house. And just like I said earlier, it got accepted so quickly. Both processes aligned with our house and this house in such a perfect way. They closed like a day from each other or something like that. Like, insane. And so if anything made me question, maybe this isn't for us, after we got through that process, I was like, this was like the shortest possible timeline that it could have happened in. <laughs> and like, it just, what a blessing. Like, there's nothing else that that could have told me that this is where we were supposed to be. And so moving from half an acre to this like small little postage stamp was hard and challenging and difficult to like downsize everything. But. Um, we did it, and now we're in this beautiful space where we've gotten rid of so much than I've ever felt. You know, and I feel here in this house, it's just incredible.
1: Um, I love how you, I love how you described all of that. And also, it's so interesting because you literally, your job is to help people get around places, and you want them to be able to do it by bike and walking. And you were literally living in a place where, like, that was impossible. I think – and I think sometimes we we do that because we're like, oh, maybe we can change the place. And I'm not saying you did this, but, like, I feel like I do this sometimes. I'm like, let me go to this place, and I'll change it, and it'll be better, and there'll be sidewalks. But, like, we'll have a grocery store, and, like, let's – like, we can change it. And then just the – what that feels like to live there and like seeing people actually killed that. Yeah, just going back to before, like that feels so misaligned with your goals and your values. And I mean, shout out to anyone who's in those spaces and trying to change them. That is a lot of work. Um, But to see how different it is now for you to be in a different space. And literally, I mean, we can hear the light rail a little bit in the background. Like you were literally next to public transportation like um i think i came one day to meet you at the house and you had like biked over or daniel had biked over and i was like that's amazing like you're living in the space where you can do all of the things that you're so passionate about um and put them into action like yourself where you're living
0: yeah it does feel a lot more aligned with the work i'm doing, and. And whatnot I'm really thankful that I was able to have that experience because I grew up in like a suburban area where I still was able to ride my bike everywhere in Stockton like I rode to school it was my only means of transportation I didn't buy a car until I was out of college um so I you know my bike and my two legs were the only way that I could get around and also I did it for fun it was very fun it's still very fun to me um but it was it was how I got around and so yeah, moving to uh, Rio Linda was really challenging in that way, but it also just—I'm lucky that I got to experience it because I never fully understood the the needs of rural communities when it comes to active transportation and transit. And I could see firsthand and experience them. And without that, I, I don't think I would have really understood the issues and the challenges and, you know, the the lack of infrastructure and connectivity and the inability to uh, receive, you know, funding. I mean, a lot of these really small rural towns and communities are incredibly under-resourced. They don't have people there to help them fill out grant applications or they don't have, you know, they don't have the, the time or the money or any of that stuff to even get the application submitted to hopefully be able to compete for funding that's that's incredibly inundated with so many other uh, cities throughout the state to, to get funding. Um, and so I'm just, I'm glad that I got to experience it. I naturally feel a lot of empathy for people and passion for people. And um, you know equity is a huge part of my work. And I, um, I, I personally feel incredibly blessed that I am in a space where I have this privilege and blessing to live somewhere where I am connected. But I also feel for and understand and um, just do e- everything that I can professionally to make sure that other people feel that sense of safety. Because in the very least, um, there's so many basic needs, transportation being one of them. Um, they shouldn't feel like they can't get somewhere that they need to go. They shouldn't ever feel like they uh, are in a position where they're unsafe or they can't get to their medical appointment or get their groceries or whatever Um, and they shouldn't feel like they are risking their lives every time that they step foot out their door to get to that place that they need to be and so you know there's so there's so many issues still to solve and um, transit is a huge issue but I I just hope that uh, that in my work I can continue to make people feel heard that they feel listened to that um, they feel safe with me, and that they can tell me about their challenges and experiences, and know that I am doing all that I can to help them get to where they need to go, or help their community be funded, or whatever it is that their community needs. Um, I just I hope that I'm able to continue that in my work and continue making people feel. A little bit safer.
1: Yeah, I love that you're using your knowledge from living in the place where you lived to now understand, you know, better understand the needs of those people. And I think that's so valuable to have that insight of living in that world and that space that a lot of people don't have that. So that's awesome. So I came and I gave you the keys to your house, right? And then you had somebody come over. And you invited me to be there while they were, um, they were there. Can you share like what they did and who they were?
0: Sure. Yeah. So we go to a local church here in Sacramento and it's called Society Church. And uh, my husband and I decided that this house, we really kind of entering a new era for ourselves, really wanted to have the opportunity to bless this house. and. We haven't been able to do it at other houses just because we were kind of all over the place and didn't, you know, we we kind of did it ourselves, but it was hasty. And um, we just wanted it to be really meaningful for entering this next phase of our lives. And so we invited our pastors from the church, uh, uh, Sean and Jen Arisco, and they came over with their two little munchkins and they uh, kind of walked around the house, looked at the house. And we all stood together and they prayed over our house and just gave us a really warm blessing that, um, you know, without even sharing that much for them, to them about our journey or the house or what we wanted to get out of it, you know, they, they prayed all these things about um, finding deeper connections, um, you know, building more meaningful relationships and uh, establishing more love and, and kindness and all these like beautiful things in the house. And um, I think every day we feel that compassion for each other. We feel that gratitude for the house. And I can honestly say this is the most peaceful home I've ever lived in. And um, it's not just the attitudes that we carry. It's also the home itself. It feels very peaceful. And almost everybody that comes in has told us, like, oh, this really feels home. That's the word that's always is. It feels very homey. Um, it feels um, like you know, a safe space and that feels beautiful that is kind of like coming full circle, right? Because I feel really safe here too. and I'm really thankful that other people feel that way.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate you letting me be part of that um, because I hadn't done that before with my clients, and it was just it was beautiful. Even the kids running around, just, like, their energy, they were, I mean, they were running around, but, it, like, it was cool, like, <laughs> to have that energy and that, like, good vibes of them, like, just exploring and, like, I don't know how to explain it, but that was just fun. And then, yeah, it did feel very peaceful, just, like, intentionally walking around the house and... Um, like sitting with each room and being like I don't know from my perspective on the outside not having ever participated in that it sounded like a beautiful like it looked like a beautiful thing to do and I'm glad that your house feels so homey <laughs> and peaceful those are like the does. best words <laughs> I think you can use to describe a yeah. house Yeah,
0: all I ever wanted Honestly, and I feel incredibly blessed that this is the moment in time that it's happening. It's the right time. I needed to do a lot of work to get to this point Um, mentally, emotionally, change of attitude. I mean, there had to be a lot to happen for both of us, I think, to get to this point. And so I can really, finally, truly enjoy that and feel the peace and um, hopefully radiate that to others.
1: Well, congratulations! That's like a big accomplishment. I know, and I know, you know, we're not trying to check all the boxes anymore. We threw that list out That's the right. window. <laughs> That's right. A deepening relationship, being aligned—it's—it's so beautiful. I'm so excited for you and Daniel and all of your connections in our Thank you. community. Thank you. <laughs> What else? What else do you want to share? Or what else have we not touched on in terms of home?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think, um, you know, I for people that feel like they're never going to get there or that they can't do it on their own or that they can never own a house. I mean, I never knew that I was going to be able to. My parents never owned a home. We rented my whole life. And they you know, didn't have the opportunity or the money to ever see themselves in that space. And so I didn't think that I was going to be there. And, um, I think that, you know, regardless of like some of the things that you maybe experienced or grew up with or, or current experiences or socioeconomic status or all of those things, um, I think that there's always a way out, and I think that there's always a way to um, get to the places that you want to be, and that even if you don't feel safe or brave enough to do those things that are really scary, there is someone there that can hold your hand, that can help you get to those next steps, or help you figure out um, how to, Get the, I mean how to get the things that you want and get the things that you need. and you know there are people that do it professionally. there are people that are willing to help um, connect you to resources and um, you know offer lots of uh, financial advice and things like that to help you get to those those places. And so um, I just don't want anyone to ever feel like they, they can't, get to a better place, that they can't get to a place where they feel safer and happier and that their, you know, needs are being met. And, and this, is, this is not to, um, you know, say that, you know, our, our unhoused neighbors are, uh, you know, have to own a home or anything like that. And I know that there's so much work to do on the planning side in order to make sure that we are meeting the resources and needs of the community. And I am committed to to continuing to build those resources, but um, it just, whatever it is that each person feels like they need to feel safer or to feel loved or cared for, there are endless resources available. And, um, you know, there there are right people to help connect you to those things. And, and, and they will be available um, hopefully and more available in the future.
1: I know I love how you're breaking a generational thing, right? Like your family your parents did not have a house um that they owned. And again, like land ownership, right? We have similar views on like, is that really great? Or, you know, who gets to own land, all of that. Um yeah. but just breaking that generational thing of like not having a place where you feel stable, where you can be there and not have to worry about a landlord. Um, also landlord, yeah, landowner. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> why do we call them lords? Okay. <laughs> and just, I love your message of like, you can find another spot if you do not like the one you're at, if you don't feel safe. Um, yeah, just the message of hope that you shared um, is beautiful.
0: I, I think it's everywhere. It's in relationships, it's in friendships, it's in Your house, your home. I mean, all of those things. If you don't feel safe, there are ways to be more safe and to get connected with other people that can help.
1: Okay. So, people want to reach out or like share in your, like, let's create more active transportation communities. Where should they reach you?
0: I think following me on LinkedIn or connecting with me on LinkedIn is the best way to stay in contact with me, you can always send me a message on there. And also, um, I share things quite frequently. So I think it's a good way just to see what's going on in my professional world.
1: Awesome. I will put the link in the show notes so people can find it. I agree. And I agree. You have some cool things that you posted. So go check out Summer's LinkedIn. (laughs) Well, beautiful. Thank you. I think, I think we're, Probably good. I don't know if there's anything else you want to share, but I mean I could talk to you about like new housing development design. Like can we can we get how do we make it so that they have to put in 12 foot sidewalks? That's what I want to know.
0: Yeah, I me too.
1: Um I just went to the California Automobile Museum a couple days ago. Uh like I hadn't been there in a while. And it's just so interesting how much. The car companies had on their impact on, like, we have to make roads. Like like the car company was like, "We want to make a bunch of money selling our cars. And so in order to do that, we need roads. So, so we have to build like this intercontinental road system, and like, and that's great. Like we love that. We love a road trip. But just the other areas that were impacted because of that, like, let's make money selling cars
0: that's exactly why it happened yeah it was like I mean cars do get us places and they're important I am not anti-car I mean they we need cars right to get us certain places and some people need cars more than others to because they just don't have the access or facilities to get or or abilities even to get to where they need to go so not anti-car but like you know a lot of us do have the ability to bike or walk or Um, you know, do those other things that are alternative to the car, take transit. And um, I think that, yeah, it's, I hope, my hope is that we shift more towards a future where all people are connected, have mobility to get wherever they need to go. Um, And like you said earlier, all ages and abilities, it doesn't matter if you are a a child or a parent with your child trying to get somewhere or an, an elderly person or A person with disabilities like everyone should be able to get where they need to go and do it safely and feel confident about that trip and so hopefully uh, we shift more towards a future that puts more emphasis on alternative modes of transportation and not just always consistently focused on the car and how the car can get us places Um, everyone the road is everyone's
1: even our friends with wheelchairs right like Hi, let's make sure the sidewalk is big enough for a wheelchair to go down. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, I mean, how many times do you walk in Sacramento and you see like a pole in the middle of the sidewalk and you're like, how would a person in a wheelchair get around this? They could never. They would have to risk their lives to go in the street and get on the sidewalk. I mean, it's ridiculous. So hopefully that we can, you know, work towards changing those things and give people back space and not cars. I love that.
1: I love all of the work you're doing. I'm so glad that I was able to learn a little bit more about it and how you are changing um, the way our communities and our people get around. It's amazing, and and also offering people a choice, right? Like, let's have more than one choice for how you want to get somewhere. Um, yeah. And you're you're sharing about your journey on finding home. And all of the work you've done on that was beautiful. I think a lot of people will find inspiration in what you shared. Um, And I'm excited for everyone to hear your uh, interview. So thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. (laughs)
1: Very special thank you to everyone who contributed to this "Home Is Where dot, dot, dot episode. Today's guest, Summer Lopez. Custom music written and performed by Juniper Waller and Billy D. Thompson. Editing by Danielle McKinney. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast and share your story of home, send me an email at rose at movewithrose.com. May we all have a chance to find home,
0: feel at home, and be home. Bye!